Ladies and gentlemen, this next reviewer discussion is scheduled for one podcast. Join Chris Vint and Mike Lacey as they make up the dynamic team of WrestleShock. Welcome to episode 7 of WrestleShock, uh, where we all climb inside the ring, we decide to uh, settle our feuds with words and not action, that's because we're on different sides of the water, if I was here with Mike, Mike would probably be knocking seven shades of, well anyway, um, yeah, so I'm joined by my tag team partner Mike Lacey, hello Mike. Hey, what's going on? Uh, not a lot is going on, I've been looking forward to this for quite some time, so um uh, yeah, it's just been very, very good. Very productive day, clearing out a lot of the old clutter and stuff. What about yourself, sir? I was just working, 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 so I'm looking forward to having some enjoyment here. Okay. Uh, before we go on, I was reading on Twitter that Mike has been showing his kids some of the uh, the old classic matches, and Buddy seems to have taken a shine to Hulk Hogan. Uh, what have you been showing them, Mike, and what um, has there been anything that they've kind of liked more than disliked? Well, uh, the 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 old wrestling buddies gotten into basically because of um, because WWE All Stars, and I got him the uh, the Hulk Hogan Connect wrestling game. All right. So I got uh, I got him that, and we got it pretty cheap. So he's actually started having a, a bit of a fascination with Hulk Hogan, and Hogan actually over here has been doing some commercials for uh, for Rena Center with uh, with Troy Aikman. So when he sees those commercials, he gets all excited. <laughs> and I mean, he's he's not wrestling or anything. He's just on the screen. So so he's getting excited about that. So I said, you know what? You know, let let me uh, let me pull up uh, YouTube up here on, on the Xbox, and you know we can get right on on the big TV and show him some classic matches. So we started with we started with WrestleMania six because um, he liked the Ultimate Warrior as well. All right. Just for you know, just um, like in WWE twelve, you can do the different uh, you know uh, ring entrances and 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 whatnot. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they'll they'll pick the they'll pick the Warriors entrance to come down to, so and they hadn't seen any uh, any of their matches. So I said, you know what, let me uh, let me throw this on for them. Um, actually, Buddy and Kenzie actually really like the Undertaker as well. Oh, cool. So you know, a- after they watched WrestleMania six and they got introduced uh, introduced to the Ultimate Warrior as well, but I was like, well, has has the Ultimate Warrior ever fought against Undertaker? Like, uh, well, yes, he has. So type that into YouTube, and come up with a couple of matches, and uh, he's he's just he's starting to get he's starting to get really fascinated with some of the vintage wrestling. So I might have to go out and get some uh, some more older uh, some more older DVDs. I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to start looking into um, the anthologies yeah. where they're kind of all together. Well, there is uh, one the on Netflix. You do have Hulk Hogan's Ultimate. Uh, unreleased anthology and I think there is The Undertaker's one, the Tombstone The History of The Undertaker which goes from his very beginnings up until you know at a certain time if I could just pull it out here I can actually sorry folks this is very very uh, I'm sure this is really entertaining podcast <laughs> listening for you uh, but yeah they're both available on Netflix the last match on this was uh, probably Kian from WrestleMania 20 and has it features 21 of Undertaker's greatest matches so I think that'd be a good one for you to go in then you don't need to spend any money there you go <laughs> you can treat yourself to that Saturday night's main event you've been wanting to oh yeah yeah 
Okay, so this podcast, uh, well, we've got that out of the road, uh, the small talk, kind of. Um, this match was, um, this match, my God, it's <laughs> because I'm reading here, this podcast would do with uh, your top five matches of all time. There was uh, some stipulations in this that you can have Undertaker versus Triple H or Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 28, 27, 26, 25. Uh, you can have any of those. You could have had Undertaker versus Triple H from WrestleMania 18 if you wanted to, uh, but not a lot of people did. <laughs> uh, or was that 17? 17. 17, yeah, because 18 was Flair. Uh, yeah, so um, there was a couple of people who I think didn't listen to the podcast and picked up on our friend Haley's um, YouTube video, which you find on YouTube. Um, you know, just type in Swanton Gurley. Uh, X Wanton Girly X, I think it is, and they um, find that from there. So uh, we're going to kick things off. Mike's going to start with the first uh, submission. I <laughs> see what I did there because it's <laughs> wrestling. So off you go, Mike. We'll see if Spanner pass. See if see if Spanner taps out to this list here. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, Paul York, aka Spanner, and uh, his top five matches of all time. He has number five. We'll go from five to number one on all these lists. Number five was Jake the Snake Roberts versus Rick Martel from WrestleMania 7. Number four, Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho from No Mercy 2008. Number three, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock, WrestleMania 17. Number two, Ric Flair versus Macho Man Randy Savage, WrestleMania 8. And his number one match of all time was The Powers of Pain, The Rockers, The British Bulldogs, and The Heart Foundation, and The Young Stallions versus Demolition, The Brain Busters, The Bolsheviks, the Fabulous Rujos and the Conquistadors from the Survivor Series 1988, where he knows it was a seriously amazing match, which it was. Yeah, uh, because he sent me the link on Twitter, on YouTube, and I started watching it. And actually, I think it's one of the commentators said it actually looks like they're going to have a battle royal because there's so many wrestlers in the ring at that stage. Oh, yeah. Uh, but number two, for me, that uh, was one of the first WrestleManias I watched, WrestleMania 8. And the Jake Roberts, Rick Martel, if memory serves, is the blindfold match. I believe so. Yeah, so uh, I remember watching that as well. Any stick out for you? Yeah, I really like the uh, the Flair Macho Man uh, match from WrestleMania 8 because from what I believe, I remember, is that it was supposed to be Hogan going against yeah. Flair at, at Mania 8, and they decided not to go that way and to put Macho Man in there. And, you know, even though it would have been, you know, you know back in the... Uh, Back in the mid to, to, to late 80s, it was always Ric Flair, NWA, you know, number one guy, and, and Hulk Hogan, WWF, number one guy, and always looking to see, you know, what would that dream matchup look like? And we thought that we might get it here, but uh, throwing, throwing Macho Man in there, I think, was a, a really good decision because it ended up being a, a hell of a match. Yeah, indeed. I remember... The WWF magazine at the time um, had a lot of things to do with Ric Flair versus Randy Savage, and it had photos of like f- cleverly done photoshopped like Elizabeth lying near the pool with a strawberry going to feed like Ric Flair, and has an R on the pillow. And then a couple of issues later, it's like, oh, it's all been a ploy by Ric Flair. It's actually Macho <laughs> Man. He doctored all the photos. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And I remember just at the time thinking that was brilliant. Uh, okay, we'll move on to the next one, which is from our good friend Pablo Mosquera. Um, happy belated birthday, by the way, Pablo. Um, sends his list in. Number five is The Undertaker versus Edge from SummerSlam 2008. Number four is Mr. McMahon versus Hulk Hogan from WrestleMania 19. 
or X1X, whatever way you want to code it. Uh, his next one is also Mr. McMahon versus Stone Cold Steve Austin from St. Valentine's Day Massacre, uh, 14th of February 2000, or 1999, sorry. Uh, Sabu vs. Terry Funk, a Born to be Wired, uh, 9th of August 97. And his number one match is Mick Foley and Edge with Lita versus Terry Funk and Tommy Dreamer with Beulah. One Night Stand, 11th of June 2006. And he writes, Keep up the great work. Always a pleasure to hear whether it's Turtles, Masters, WWF, I'll be listening. Thanks, guys. Uh, so, that's his list. Um... Number four for me really springs out, um, uh, just because I'm a huge Hogan mark, and then obviously Roddy Piper coming into that match and um, interfering. Um, I think he just come off a really bad car accident at that stage, and obviously we see the iconic shot of Vince covered in blood, kind of peering over the apron, which is just an image which will stay with me forever. <laughs> uh, any matches there? Um, Tickle your fancy, Mike? Now, Pablo seems to be a big fan of seeing Mr. McMahon in the ring. <laughs> two, two of his top five matches. Yeah. Not a lot of us are, though. <laughs> but it also could be a, a lot of the factors going into these lists from, from the people that I spoke to that, that turned in lists to me was that a lot of the buildup going into in the storyline, not just necessarily the, the in-ring match, and any of the storylines, whether it was you know Hogan or Stone Cold or really anybody any anybody that McMahon was kind of feuding with at, at the time he really was just such a spark plug for heel heat so a, a, any match that kind of had McMahon tied to it was automatically a match that you were looking forward to going into any pay-per-view or whether it was going to be raw or, or, or whatever it was he, he for, for not being an in-ring performer he really could capture the imagination and really get the crowd you know on one side or the other um the the sabu versus terry punk uh yeah terry punk <laughs> <laughs> terry funk uh the born to be wired match that was just a sick sick match just you know uh you know no 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 ropes you know the ropes were barbed wire in that match you know very very lot if you're into your gore this is definitely a match to watch. Uh, you know, if you're into your your barbed wire and people getting sliced and diced, <laughs> this, this is definitely the uh, this is this is this is the match to watch. So yeah, sounds fun. <laughs> it, it's actually a very good match to to be honest with you. This is the match where Sabu, I believe, tore his tricep, and they just kind of stitched it back up together, and and he went back in the ring. Oh, <laughs> oh no! I mean, a lot of people are giving off about the brutality of the Brock Cena match from Extreme Rules. So, this match I think would be a lot worse. <laughs> it would be uh, not my cup of tea. I prefer to see wrestling rather than people getting ears taken off them, like McFoley and stuff. But that's just my opinion. So, you want to go on with the next one, sir? All right. Next, uh, next list we have comes from Chris Cavalier. Uh, it says, "Hey, Chris, man, this was good but tough one, but okay, here it goes." Number five was SummerSlam 1992 Intercontinental Title match: Davy Boy Smith versus Bret Hart. Number four was NWA Great American Bash 1987 War Games match: The Four Horsemen, Flair, Anderson, Blanchard, Luger, and Dillon versus the Road Warriors, Honk Animal, and Ellering, and the Superpowers of Dusty Rhodes and Nikola and Nikita Koloff. 
Number three, WWF King of the Ring 1998 Hell in a Cell match, Undertaker versus Mankind. Ugh. <laughs> Number two, NWA Chi-Town Rumble World Title Match, Ric Flair versus Ricky Steamboat. And number one, WrestleMania three Intercontinental Title Match, Randy Savage versus Ricky Steamboat. Cool. So, a lot of Ricky Steamboat here for in, in the top two matches, mm-hmm. which I, I I can't disagree with. No, he always put on a great performance in, in in the ring. The one that stands out here for me is King of the Ring '98 Hell in a Cell match. I know it's. Uh, I know you're not the biggest mankind uh, Mick Foley uh, fan. Whatever give you that impression. <laughs> <laughs> but for for me, this is this is an all time all time match. It, I know it's not. You know, as far as you know, technically, you know, uh, I'm sorry, a, a technical in the ring match, but just the amount of sheer punishment that Mick Foley went through, going off the top of the uh, off the top of the cell and through the announcer's table, and putting his you no know, his teeth through his lip, and just coming back for more and more and more punishment. To to me, this. I know it wasn't the first Hell in the Cell match, but for me, this is the match that really cemented Hell in the Cell as being one of the most look forward to matches in in the WWE. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he actually did himself more damage whenever he actually went through the top of the cell because he seemed to like bang his head off something off the chair. I, maybe it was the chair. I don't know, but I remember just him saying that um, he actually did more damage whenever he Undertaker threw him through the cell and he landed on his back and on the mat but for me uh, as number five pick the SummerSlam 92 the only pay-per-view that's been held over in England or anywhere in the UK Um, you know the only like major one obviously we've had the likes of Rebellion and Insurrection but we've never had anything like SummerSlam since 1992 and we have stadiums big enough for it you know at that time uh, Wembley could hold you know, eighty odd thousand and I can hold about the same, if not more. So nice to see like uh you know, I'd love to see WrestleMania over here. It'd be so easy to just go across the water instead of going all the way over to New York or whatever. <laughs> but but that's then part they, of the then, adventure. Well then mm-hmm. they'd have to they'd they'd have to have it at, at like two o'clock in the afternoon your time to to meet that's up with fine. that. That's fine. I don't mind that. If they want to do it at I would imagine that if they were to do it say what time does WrestleMania normally start at? At your time, like say six se- o'clock, se- seven o'clock. So that would be two o'clock your time. Yeah. So even if they were to do it later, and then you know, like put it back a bit, you know, because we're five hours ahead of you. So say I start at six o'clock. Say they start at eleven o'clock at night. I'd be happy with that. I don't know how many other people would be, but I'd be happy. Yeah. So I, I think that's just the the double edged sword of it. Uh, you know, if, if you if you started it at eleven o'clock your time, you know, would they get would they get the gate to to justify having it over there? And if they had it early, you know, if they had it at, you know, they couldn't have it at prime time your time, seven or eight o'clock, because then that would make it, you know, uh, too early for us to get that prime time market. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of think that's probably the main reason why you, you don't have a lot of uh, across the pond pay per views, because I, I definitely think the fan base is there. I don't think that you'd have a problem with filling a stadium. Yeah. No, no, you wouldn't. You definitely wouldn't. But um, uh, we'll just have to wait and see if that ever happens, which probably won't. 
Okay, so the next one is from Jordan McLaren. Uh, Jordan obviously didn't listen to the show because he has a couple of matches here. So, naughty, naughty. Uh, number five is The Rock versus Cena. Number four is the Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania 28 under Taker vs. Triple H Classic. Then SummerSlam 2002, Triple H vs. Shawn Michaels. Uh, then Undertaker vs. Kane at Unforgiven, the Inferno match. And his first one is the WrestleMania 2000 main event. Triple H with Stephanie vs. The Briggs Show with Shane. Mick Foley ugh, with Linda McMahon and The Rock with Vince. And he writes, I am a fan of Swanton Gurley, by the way. So my top so there are my top five matches I've been a, re- a WWE fan since Wrestlemania 25 um, so yeah number four doesn't count Jordan but um, you know your other ones are, uh, especially number three the Shawn Michaels Triple H match um, is a really really good choice and Roxena is a personal favourite of mine um, I think that's kind of the modern day Rock Hogan uh, kind of thing but um, yeah just um, just I really, really like like that match, but the Shawn Michaels Triple H match. I mean, he'd been out of the ring for what five, seven years, not fifty-seven, but five or seven. We'll <laughs> say six is the difference. And he came back, and as Triple H says, you know, like it just looked like he didn't miss a beat at all. He just could go, and it was a really, really good match. And um, that was wanting to be a one-night stand, and then like seven years later, he was still wrestling. <laughs> Any matches there that uh, you were a particular fan of, Mike? No, I, I was a big fan of, of that Triple H Shawn Michaels match as well. Um, Kane, um, I'm not a huge fan of. I don't think any Kane matches would be on the top of my list so much. But uh, Undertaker and Kane always was it was a good feud. The brother versus brother angle that that they would go for. So I mean, it was one that always kind of got me interested in. And then once Kane actually got in the ring, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I definitely think that if, if we're going on um, a, a lot of people that are going to be you know Rock and Cena is kind of fresh in everybody's mind so I think we're going to see a, a handful of them thrown in here just, just for nostalgia factor and the fact that it just happened next list we have is from Josh Crane uh, number five we have is uh, mainly for the build up John Cena versus The Rock kind of like I just said <laughs> number four definitely John Cena versus CM Punk Money in the Bank 2011 number three Triple H versus Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 25 number two Hell in the Cell 2009 DX versus Legacy and number one WrestleMania 28 somebody else didn't listen Triple yeah, H versus Undertaker with special, rest, <laughs> special guest somebody's got a match wrong because number three would that not be the Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 not Triple H I'm wondering if he just got the uh, the, the number wrong or if it was meant to be Undertaker I'm, I'm not sure well, it, was de- it, was defi- it was definitely Triple H and, and, and Undertaker at, at 25 I'm not sure if um, I'm no, not sure no, if we had Shawn, a Triple H Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania no, it was Shawn Michaels Undertaker at WrestleMania 25. You know what I said? No, you said Triple H. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> so unless he's thinking maybe WrestleMania 20, where Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus Captain Planet um, occurred, because we don't say that man's name on here. He's known on RetroShock and WrestleShock as Captain Planet. Um, so unless he's thinking of that one, perhaps. Josh, drop us a line and let us know what one you're actually talking of, please. <laughs> uh, so we could know um, um, yeah but uh, this John Cena CM Punk Money in the Bank match I 
literally um, seen a couple of weeks ago and really, really enjoyed it. Yeah, for me, that was the match of 2011, the match of the year for 2011. Even, yeah. even and, and I've heard some people kind of knock the, the match itself, which I don't particularly think so. I, I think it was actually a very good match in the ring. Um, but as far as the build-up to it, and then even the uh, the the post match you know shenan- uh, shenanigans with a uh, <laughs> punk leaving with the belt and then kind of like you know showing up at San Diego Comic Con w- with the belt and interrupting the uh, the WWE panel and, and whatnot. If, if, everything about that match was five stars. The the build up, the post, and yeah. and and the match in the ring. Yeah, I uh, totally agree. Totally agree. So we'll move on to Joff Dunleavy's. Hello, Joff. Um, he says his number five is Al Snow versus Hardcore Holly from St. Valentine's Day Massacre, nineteen ninety nine. This is true, by the way. Uh, I'm not making this up. Um, <laughs> his number four is Triple H versus Cactus Jack, uh, Hell in a Cell, No Way Out, um, two thousand. Number three, Rock versus Mankind, I Quit Match Royal Rumble, nineteen ninety nine. Number two, Rock versus Austin WrestleMania seventeen. And number one is the Hardy Boys versus Edge and Christian versus Dudley Boys from WrestleMania 17. Um, the tables, ladders, and chairs match, by the way. So, uh, yeah, just uh, good matches. Apart from that, number five one, is it real? That's <laughs> like whenever um, Adam Pickering three in Hardcore Holly's theme tune is a bit of a swerve ball. That's what this is. That's a real swerve ball. Um, but I think there is somebody's li- uh, list that kind of really makes that that almost looks sensible let's just leave it at that and as soon as we get that list you'll see what it is um, but yeah anything stand out for you there Mike? For me on on this list is just TLC um, is was definitely a, a match to remember and Rock and Austin had probably in my opinion the, the best feud uh, mm-hmm. ever but for me here the, the Rock Mankind I quit match is the one that of all these matches here that that stands out in my mind the most with just the the, the sheer amount of chair shots that he took in that match you know being handcuffed and mm-hmm. not being able to defend himself and his children being in in, in the front row just yeah. having to watch their father endure all that punishment i mean just absolutely it's just such great drama and 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 such such storytelling in in that match uh, it, it's another brutal match um very reminiscent of what we had in the attitude era a lot of chair shots a lot of blood um mm. but for you know for me that was just an awesome match i love that match okay i just remember seeing it on like um beyond the mat and just seeing how he could do that even his even his kids were like you know like screaming and stuff and then his wife had to take them away but um, I mean even the I mean you just can't get away with it nowadays you know any chair shots around the head I mean I remember the last rest of me at 27 whenever Taker had Triple H in the head with the chair and then they got fined fined, for that you know so they are taking the whole concussive thing you know very seriously so and that's good to see but just goes to show that you could still use chairs, but they don't have to be always on the head, you know. Yeah, we and and we saw just this past WrestleMania with Undertaker and Triple H. There was a lot of chair work in that match, but it was you no know, all all across the back for the most part. 
you know, Triple H really laying it into the Undertaker across his back for for most of that match. So you can yeah. still use them, but they don't like that unprotected headshot. Mm-hmm. At least even if you are going to get a headshot, they want you to be able to get that arm up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> quickly. <laughs> yeah. All right. Next we have, next we have Kevin J. Tremaine. Uh, hello. Uh, no problem. If Hi. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were saying hello to me. Hello. If there are two things in this world that I love most, it's wrestling's wrestling and lists would be of them. Of course, I'll participate in the top five matches of all time. Not an easy task. See below. And this is what he has below. <laughs> <laughs> Number five, Man- uh, Mankind versus The Undertaker, Hell in the Cell, King of the Ring 98. I think we're going to see that one a lot. No. Num- number four, Edge and Christian versus Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys, TLC, WrestleMania 17. Number three, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 15. Number two, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, the Iron Man match from WrestleMania 12. And number one match of all time, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, WrestleMania 3. That's the first time we've seen the Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart match. Now, personally speaking, I remember watching that match and thinking it was brilliant, but it's not a match that I can watch over and over again. Um, maybe it's because of the length of it, I don't know, but it's just something that I just don't really enjoy watching. Is it one that you've watched time and time again, Mike? No, I, I, hour-long matches, they're, they're, I mean, going into it, it's a match that I look forward to, but if on, on replay, I'm probably not going to sit through the whole match without fast-forwarding through spots. I, especially, you know, one like this with no pinfalls and going into overtime, you know. I, I, at least if you were going to have um, a match that long, it should be... It, it, it's it's just hard for for me to have replay value in a match that's long. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know that on the because Alan and I watched it not too long ago. The Raw Homecoming had a thirty man thirty minute Iron Man match between Shawn Michaels and Kurt Angle, which finished two each. Um, and then you know Shawn Michaels said, you know, like we're not having any. Uh, get back in the ring. Kurt Angle goes, no, walks off. That I thought was more entertaining. And the Shawn Michaels Cena match, which I think. Happened in London, the time after WrestleMania, which went near enough an hour. I quite enjoyed that, even though it's hard for me to say that I enjoyed a John Cena match. <laughs> and if you notice that John Cena hasn't appeared, well, apart from his match against The Rock, hasn't appeared in this list. Very much. Oh, no, we had we had uh, Money in the Bank versus CM Punk. Oh, uh, that's right. Damn it. Okay, <laughs> so we'll move on and uh, be Alan Price, um, who actually has John Cena in all of his matches. Uh, so number five is WrestleMania 13, uh, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. That match helped push Austin to the next level. The blood dripping down his face, the passing out, etc., thus reversing the roles of him and Hart face hail. Enough said. WrestleMania 19, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho, Icon versus Fan, just a great match from two of the best. The low blow at the end was perfect from Jericho. Number three, WrestleMania 17, The Rock versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Two, a fantastic match. I remember watching it live, and I was a, an, a, I was as big an Austin fan as I was The Rock. When Austin turned, the shock of my face must have been priceless. Considering this youngling, <laughs> what are you, a young Jedi? What <laughs> was still in the wrestling is real phase? Uh, sorry for anyone who thinks that it still is real. Alan's just what? It. Uh, yeah. Normally, most folks' favorite Austin. Normally, most folks' favorite rock Austin, but not mine, even though this was my first WrestleMania. 
Uh, number two, WrestleMania 18, Icon versus Icon, The Rock versus Hogan. What needs to be said? An emotional roller coaster, even for somebody like me who was not as clued into the history of wrestling at this stage. I still knew Hogan was a big deal from having watched WCW, a match I can watch to this day and never got bored viewing. And his number one match is from another WrestleMania, WrestleMania 19, The Rock vs. Stone Cold Steve Austin 3. Now folks, you may want to sit down and grab a cup of coffee or whatever, because <laughs> Alan's wrote a bit of an epilogue here, so here we go. Here it is, my number one. Yep, told you, Rock vs. Austin at 17 wasn't my favourite. Personally, I feel this was the stronger match because of the build, The Rock never having beat Austin at Mania, in-ring work arena atmosphere and commentary all together the clean finish also helped i think it added to the oh my god he actually done it factor uh then there was that moment between these two greats afterwards just when you knew something that wouldn't normally happen was going on i had exited the wrestling as real face so it was cool to see this happen my inner mark was growing haha uh, one final reason I feel this match ranks at number one for me is I knew this more than likely was going to be the last time I would ever see these two greats go at it. I knew Austin had issues with his body. Little did we know that he'd been taken to hospital the night before after collapsing, which makes this match a small miracle. And The Rock was slowly becoming a movie star, so would move on properly in due course. So it was just nice to experience this match one last time. The documentary on the Mania 20 DVD also adds an extra layer to this match and I would recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. I think it's the true, the the Mania of WrestleMania or something like that. Then you will see where I'm coming from. So yeah, of uh, you... You, so yeah, of you haven't guessed it already. I kind of like this match, ha ha. And again, it's <laughs> one I can watch again and again and again and again and again. Okay, you get the picture. That's a lot um, of yeah, a lot of times. So uh, <laughs> his honorary one is WrestleMania Twenty Five, uh, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels one would be my number four above bumping HBK Jericho down to number five. Thanks, Alan, for making me do my job and reading a lot of stuff from you. <laughs> that makes no sense and stuff um so yeah um it's a it's a good it's a good show you know like um i, I like that one but then that's the fact that whenever rock says oh, he's done it all he's beaten stone cold steve austin the rock and that's whenever goldberg then come in the night after and had a dreadful dreadful match at um backlash it was oh so because even the ch- crowd were chatting boring because all he did was spear 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 and then jackhammer and then pinned and that was about it it was oh, awful see for for me after watching stone cold's dvd i i, I kind of i i tend to agree with alan here on uh on rock austin three um, I, I personally didn't know anything about the fact that Austin had been taken to the hospital the night before, and he's right. The, the simple fact that he was able to wrestle and put in that kind of performance the next night after being in hospital the night before is nothing short of, of, of a miracle. And the fact that the fact that the, the rock was really starting to skyrocket. Um, Austin kind of knew that his time was I, I don't necessarily remember if he knew that it was going to be his last match or not um, but the fact that he knew that his body was starting to break down and that he probably didn't have too much time left a, a, as a full time performer anyway 
the, this was the perfect time for The Rock to, to be able to beat him. Um, actually, you know what? I, I think he did know at, at that time because I remember Austin saying that he thought it was really, really class of The Rock to, after, after the match was over, yeah. to kind of take the belt and walk up the ramp and let Austin have his moment in, in the ring with the fans. Mm-hmm. So yeah. after seeing that DVD... This here is probably yes my, my favorite Rock and Austin match. Um, I do disagree a little bit with with Alan on the build here because for for me the the the, the Limp Biscuit My Way oh, yeah, is totally. probably the best build to any WrestleMania match yeah. in, in my mind. But um, as 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 far as the match itself and now knowing all of the story that surrounded that match, I, I completely mm-hmm. agree with Alan here. No. I- I like the fact that whenever you see Austin talk about that and he says about, you know, like the, um, I can't remember if it was on a different DVD or whatever, um, and they said about, you know, like whenever those two had a chat in the ring and they asked Austin what, um, they asked Austin or The Rock, you know, what do you say to them and he go like, oh, I can't tell you that, it was personal, but then Austin tells you in the DVD, you know, like he said, you know, I love you and I said I love you too and it's the first time that I've ever seen Austin kind of look really emotional. You know, because whenever he was talking about it, you could kind of see he was nodding his head and kind of had a lump in his throat. Yeah, he was choking um, up a little bit. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it, it was, not that it's nice to see that, but it was kind of nice to see that, you know, like to this day it still means so much to him, you know, like that he had his last match with The Rock, who, in my opinion, you know, like was one of the greatest feuds ever, you know, um... I think it was even Matt Morgan said on Twitter that he was listening to his iPod and My Way came on and that's all he could think of was The Rock versus Austin. Absolutely. You know, so I totally agree with you there um, with the build-up and everything. Um, To this day, that's still still one of my favourite WrestleManias just from match to match would just be one of my favourites. No, absolutely, absolutely. I I had that CD before that WrestleMania and it's... Since that WrestleMania, uh, that's the, I'm the exact same way. That every time I hear that song, if it comes up on the iPod or if it's on the radio or wherever I hear it, as soon as I hear it, I, I think of the Rock and Austin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mike listens to it and work, and then just breaks some glass and then stunners his boss. <laughs> Sounds so, good yeah. to me. <laughs> <laughs> if he got fired, it's not my fault. I like that plan. Yeah, I was just about to say that, and you think me did. Next list comes from our good friend Tom Williams. Uh, hello, gents. We'll count down in the fashion of all countdowns of all time. Number five, Kennel from Hell. Need I say more? I love mental stipulations. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I told you. I told you there would be a certain list coming up. This is it. Sorry, Tom, but this makes Al Snow versus Harko Holly seem a good one. <laughs> Number four, uh, Ready to Rumble Triple Cage. From the actual film Jimmy King versus DDP, number four or number that was number four. Number five, WWF Hardcore Championship Raven no, versus number King. three. No, we're going backwards. We're going five four. So after four is three. I, I went to school. <laughs> yeah, but you went five four five. That's what you did. <laughs> number three, WWF Hardcore Championship Raven versus Kane versus Rhino. I think this was at a WrestleMania, but I'm not sure which. Uh, it was uh, WrestleMania 17, It was it? Uh, Big Show? I am not sure what number that was. Because that's the one where for, uh, I think it's either Big, Big Show and Kane actually f- go through like a wall and they throw Raven through like a glass window. Oh, okay. 
Um, and that's one whenever uh, I think Raven gets on like a motorized cart and drives off, and the rest with him. And then the other two do that as well. And it's funny seeing like the big show beside the referee on the back of one of the scooters. It's quite <laughs> funny. Yeah, uh, I just remember. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's seventeen. Carry on then. I'll find out which one it is while you're doing that. Number two, Royal Fumble, nineteen ninety-eight. I think. I, I hope that. I think there's supposed to be Royal Rumble. <laughs> Royal Fumble? Did you Ro- say? Royal Fumble is what it says. Maybe didn't. <laughs> Royal Fumble? Maybe. That must be like a. That must be like an adult version of WrestleMania. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's a joke. Unless he didn't really like this match. <laughs> but he put it on anyway. Royal fumble. <laughs> Highlighted by Mick Foley entering the match three times in all three of his classic uh, classic personas. Yeah. And number one, you know, you know, you love that one. <laughs> mm-hmm, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> number one, WWF Championship Street Fight, Triple H versus Cactus Jack, Royal Rumble, nineteen ninety nine, I think. Any chance of a plug on our t- from my Twitter account? I really need tw- uh, followers at Tom Williams nineteen ninety. So there's your plug, Tom. <laughs> uh, fantastic work guys keep it up I do apologize for being quiet of late but I tend to find I can only really comment on things I know a lot uh, I know stuff about and I really haven't taken the time I really haven't taken in some of the retro shock material oh tisk tisk having not watched anything you review bad Tom that's right bad Tom yeah bad Tom and it was WrestleMania 17 and it was Raven versus Big Show versus Kane so there uh, yeah, some of his matches were a bit odd, uh, especially the Royal Fumble one. That's the <laughs> best one. That's the best one yet. Although I remember seeing a sign that said, uh, "Let's get ready to rumble," and rumble was spelled R-E-M-L-E. And I'm thinking, <laughs> is there no spell checker? Do the parents not know how to say to kids, uh, "You spelt that wrong"? Um, but it's just no. Um, unfortunately, Tom, there isn't many matches there that. I would, I would probably say number three would be my pick from what you have there, um, and that's kind of pushing it. That's just my opinion because I don't like Mick Foley. Uh, any match involving a Chihuahua can't be on my list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nobody's put the Undertaker versus Big Boss Man from WrestleMania 15 in their list. It's <laughs> terrible. Okay, so we'll, uh, Mike, if you don't want to do the next one because this one here um, has. Uh, been addressed to you and I'll do the next one then. Alright, the next list comes from Jason Stevens, aka Lemon Juice McGee, as Hi Mike and Chris. It just says Hi Mike here. <laughs> I'll just say and Chris. You added that in? You added that in? He forgot. Uh, no, he did Hi Mike, there's a comma after Mike. <laughs> there's, it's, it'd be different if it said Hi Mike and I left my name off. <laughs> per Lemon Juice. Below are my, five, <laughs> below are my top five wrestling matches of all time. Granted, I have I have a penchant for 90s style extreme and hardcore matches, so that probably shows. Also, this year's WrestleMania match between Undertaker and Triple H was the single greatest thing I've seen inside a squared circle per two date. Per your rules, I picked another match as my number one. Well done. See, somebody listened. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> but doesn't know who I am because he's addressed just you. But anyway, gold star. Not that I'm feeling bad. Of, no, not that I feel bad. Or I can pick that. <laughs> Number five. Carry on, Mike. <laughs> Number five. Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Bret Hart with Ken Shamrock as the referee submission match. Uh, number four. Shawn Michaels versus Chris Jericho ladder match for the World Heavyweight Championship. Number three. Terry Funk versus Sabu barbed wire match for the ECW title. Number two. Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in the Cell. This one's allowed, right? Is that allowed? Chris? No. Oh, not no. allowed. 
No, just for uh, not addressing me. No, it's not allowed at all. In fact, you're going to have The Undertaker versus Big Boss Man for WrestleMania 15 in place of that, just to, just for uh, fun. Number one, Macho Man Randy Savage versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat at WrestleMania 3 for the IC title. There you have it. I can't wait to hear, I can't wait to hear what other people have chosen, and I really dig the show. Well, thank you, Jason. Even if yeah, Chris doesn't thank you, thank you, Jason. <laughs> Yeah, I'll just thank you later on on Twitter. Go, oh yeah, thanks very much for like not saying my name and stuff. <laughs> uh, lemon juice, as you know. No, it's all in good, all in good fun. But yeah, pretty solid pick there. Um, again, WrestleMania thirteen, uh, the Undertaker vs Mankind. I think the Undertaker vs Mankind seems to be the one Hell in a Cell match. You know that seems to be popping up more than any other ones. You know, there hasn't been like the the six man one that had like Kurt Angle and Austin and Rikishi and stuff in it you know that hasn't been that or anything like that so you know um, any matches stick out for you Mike? Uh, it, like I said before with the Undertaker and Mankind match t- to me that's the one that kind of made Hell in a Cell special I'm not a big fan of gimmick pay-per-views to begin with so to actually have a, a pay-per-view now labeled as Hell in the Cell and now we have multiple cell matches on one pay-per-view I kind of think that it loses its luster that yeah. way because for, for me this match was really the, uh, the, the quintessential first of all it's the quintessential uh, quintessential Undertaker match you know for me I, I always identify Undertaker with Hell in the Cell and like I said th- this one really cemented it as being that uh, you know, an actual hell in the cell when you went into that cell you were going to go through hell and your body was going to take a punishment and I think that if they had kind of used it more sparingly, it, it could have kind of held on to that. To me, now Hell in the Cell is kind of just, you know, okay, it's Hell in the Cell. Uh, and I, I, I kind of wish that, in, in my opinion, maybe they would take some time off from it. Same thing with Elimination Chamber. Uh, you know, it, when the, the first time they did it, it was, you know, a, a really great match and it was really interesting to see, you know, the, the, the whole, uh, you know, Eric Bischoff brainchild of a match it, it was nice to see something that you've never seen before but the fact that we've had so many and now we have an Elimination Chamber pay-per-view it, you know it kind of loses loses a bit of the, the 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 punch that it used to pack yeah yeah I, I totally agree I, I mean I think that's why TNA is in the position it's in is from doing in the inverted commas gimmick pay-per-views you know doing lockdown which is Every match is in a steel cage or, you know, the King of the Mountain thing, which is, you know, you have to take the belt down and then you have to put it back up again or, mm-hmm. oh, oh, pointless. Um, but, yeah, I, I just wish they would go back to, even if they were to have a gap between some pay-per-views, why, you know, why do we need one a month? Why can't we have a really big build-up to one, you know, and then that's it? You know, do we need the Elimination Chamber before WrestleMania? Can we not have the Elimination Chamber then before Royal Rumble? So you kind of know who's going to be the champion there and then the Royal Rumble, you know, even if you were to do two 20-man Royal Rumbles, so you could have one challenge for the World Heavyweight Championship and then one challenge for the WWE Championship, something like that. And see, I, th- I think Hell in the Cell was used perfectly this year at WrestleMania. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the fact that we'd, okay, fine, the previous year we'd already had, you know, Undertaker versus Triple H. Uh, you know, you know, how were we really going to spice it up for, for this year's match, make people get interested? 
you know, uh, Triple H saying, oh, fine, I'll, I'll take the match under one condition. Hell in the cell. And then you're like, oh, yeah. Now, now, you it's know, on now. <laughs> it, 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 exactly. And, and that's the kind of reaction that you, you, you want to have from Hell in the Cell. You don't want it to just be, oh, okay, another gimmick match. Oh, you know, fine. And, and I think that's kind of what we've gotten to now um, for, the, for the majority of Hell in the Cell matches. Um, although I do, like I said, think they pulled it off perfectly, uh, perfectly with this WrestleMania here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Okay, we'll move on to uh, good friend of the show, Rory Bradfield. Um, and Rory writes, no, Rory writes this, not me. Uh, <laughs> well, even with the stipulations, I would never have picked any of the matches you said we couldn't. And I was surprised you didn't include Ricky Steamboat versus Macho Man at WrestleMania 3. Anyhow, I actually think it's overrated. Sorry, but I do. Anyway, here are my f- top five matches. You may notice, folks, there's a bit of a trend on these matches. So. Number five. Uh, hold on a minute here. Uh, I think I've only got to number two. I don't have his number one pick. Uh, okay, so number five is no, British Bulldog. Hmm? Number one's there. It's just written in the text. All right. Okay. Uh, number five, British Bulldog versus Bret Hart from SummerSlam '92. I was glad David Boy won on his home turf. This is joint place with Mr. Perfect versus Bret King of the Ring '1993. Even though it was a bogus finish. Perfect's shoulder was up off the mat. He shouldn't have been pinned. Number four, the 20-man battle royal from Saturday night's main event when Perfect won in 1991. Number three, Mr. Perfect versus the Big Boss Man from WrestleMania. The full match, a lot of the YouTube uploads are edited down. Uh, I'm not sure which one this is from, personally speaking. Uh... Uh, the second is Mr. Perfect versus Tito Santana from Saturday Night's Main Event in 1990. The number one match for me, without a shadow of a doubt, is Mr. Perfect versus Bret Hart from SummerSlam 91. From the interview with Perfect in the locker room to when Perfect has his torn tights removed and slumps to the arena floor. This is the most sig- magnificent match. Perfect doing a handstand off their first leg drop, dropping Bret when the hitman did a crucifix. Perfect's hair. The commentary. I love this Perfect guy. I was so annoyed when I found out perfect lost um yet this for me um if you've listened to my review show which unfortunately mike wasn't a part of uh due to scheduling so hopefully we can rectify that soon um that there was a a talk from brett to do with um perfect kind of had a back problem and just as i've said you know like i it really so it really shocks and amazes me whenever you see the likes of say Shawn Michaels, he has a severe back problem against uh, Stone Cold at WrestleMania 14 and this match here and you see Perfect sliding around hitting his back off the ring post and things like that I, I just don't get it um, but it's just uh, Mr. Perfect was a true veteran and stuff and I just um, really really in, enjoyed his his time that he had with us and just that all his matches were as they said were perfect <laughs> No, I completely agree there. Um, the the fact that Mr. Perfect was in such bad shape going into that match, that SummerSlam match, and the the, the fact that he just that he allowed Brett to just basically wing him around the ring at, at will, just it, it just showed you what a consummate professional and what a love he had for the business. You know, being you know second generation um, wrestling in his blood. You know, you could really tell that anybody that you know, and, and I'm, I'm. This is kind of like before the big uh, steroid era, 
This mm-hmm. you know, we're, now guys are you know shooting up to deal with the pain and stuff like that. I, I don't. I think this was kind of before that. Um, to be able to just basically suck it up and go out there and put you know put a performance on basically because he took this match basically because he had so much respect for Brett. Yeah. You know, that really shows to you what, what a consummate professional Kurt Henning actually, no, that Kurt Henning was. Mm-hmm. Totally, totally. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of uh, Mr. Perfect there and Rory's list. There's the perfect list. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, for the perfect listener. Uh, okay. Uh, next we go to Debs, Debs McGee. Says, uh, hey, Chris. Hi, Debs. <laughs> My top five matches are. Number five, HBK versus Bret Hart, Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12. Number four, TLC Triple X match, Edge and Christian versus the Dudley Boys versus the Hardy Boys, WrestleMania 17. Number three, Mankind versus Taker, King of the Ring, 1998. Number two, HBK versus Taker, Bad Blood 97. See, she snuck HBK uh, and Taker in there, just not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She found a way. Clever, clever girl. <laughs> and number one, HBK versus Razor Ramon, the bad guy. At WrestleMania 10. Should that be HBK versus The Ladder at WrestleMania 10? <laughs> that, that, I, I completely agree with that number one. I, I love that match. That's one of uh, that, that that's one of my favorite ladder matches uh, of all time. I'll, I'll I'll separate that from a TLC match because it was just simply a ladder. Yeah. But uh, t- to me, that was probably that's actually probably the first ladder match I've ever seen. And it really, really stood out to me, and is something that I'll that I, that I always remember and always will remember. It just, just, just never, never having seen you know a, a prop kind of used in in that manner, not just you know to to climb and and to get the belt, but to actually when you know be used as a weapon. It really stuck in my mind, and is one of the reasons why I, I really enjoy like Money in the Bank and. Th- those kind of matches to this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as you could probably guess, like Rory was a Mr. Perfect fan, Debs is a huge Shawn Michaels fan, um, which is pretty evident there. But yeah, I mean, I recently bought the uh, WrestleMania Anthology uh, 6 to 11. So it's a match that I've been, you know, meaning to watch again the HBK versus Razor Ramon. Um, so I'll have to have a, uh, have a watch at that. But. Uh, to be honest with you, with Shawn Michaels, it's very, very hard to pick out any Shawn Michaels matches that aren't good. No, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he's you know, one probably one of the, one of the top three in print performers of all time. Who would be your other two then? Uh, for me, it would probably have to be Bret Hart and Kurt Angle would probably be right in that same league for me. Okay, cool, cool. Okay, we'll move on to James Shaw. Um, if you want to follow James on Twitter, his username is at J Shaw S H A W ninety four, and he says hi, Chris and Mike. Uh, <laughs> just listened to WrestleSuck six and enjoyed it so much. I wanted to not only put down my top matches, but also put down my top entrance themes. I hope you don't mind. So without further ado, uh, the top wrestling themes, if the list doesn't show, I'm a newish fan, started watching wrestling since about 2005, and that's why a lot of the new songs are on my list. So we're going to just briefly go over here, um, 
Number 10, Raw theme across the nation. This was the theme to Raw whenever I first start watching wrestling. Number 9, Stone Cold Steve Austin, no comment needed. Number 8, Rated RKO. My two favourite themes at the time joined forces, which created a god-awful theme <laughs> that was so bad it was good. Number 7, Ted DiBiase. Going back and watching some of the matches and skits he did on YouTube are priceless. <laughs> and uh, he is probably my favourite legend. I uh, would love to see a DVD of his come out one day. I remember reading reports yonks ago that there was meant to be one, but uh, they keep putting it out off for some reason. Uh, number 6, Nexus. Just love this song, really. Enjoyed the first... Enjoyed the first night of the Nexus, but apart from that, didn't rate them. <laughs> Number five, Daniel Bryan. He says yes a lot of times here, <laughs> and I'm not going to say it on many times as he does. He says, why was this not on a single person's top ten list? It actually was, so it was, because uh, it's called Flight of the Valkyries or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so number four, Evolution. Love Motorhead, and this is by far my favourite WWE theme of theirs, so it had to be on the list. Number three, Wade Bart. He's one of my favourite wrestlers currently. I love this theme until he changed it about a week before he got injured. <laughs> number two, CM Punk, Cult of Personality. Really suits Punk, and really want to see the original Summer of Punk one day. And number one, Edge, my all time favourite wrestler, and he's he has the best music of all time. Can't wait until I get a copy. Get my hands on a copy of his new DVD which is awesome so it is and you would have heard that in WrestleShock reviews there honourable mentions to Drew McIntyre Triple H King of the Kings Seamus Legacy Cody Rhodes Current and Undertaker Johnny Cash Ain't No Grave ugh no (laughs) it just didn't suit him so now here is James Shaw's top 5 matches Cena vs RVD at ECW One Night Stand 2006. The crowd alone is what made this match and that's why it's in my top 5. Undertaker vs Edge at WrestleMania 24. This was my favourite Undertaker match minus Taker vs Sean 2. Number 3, CM Punk vs John Cena at Money the Bank 2011. The rebirth of CM Punk, enough said. Number 2, Ric Flair vs Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 24. This was such an emotional match that doesn't mean so much now uh, as this isn't Flair's last match anymore but at the time it was it was such a send off for Flair it would have been great closure to the business after an awesome match like that and obviously the night after that on Raw whenever you see everyone come out and you know give them hugs and stuff Mm -hmm. and number one is Edge versus Mick Foley hardcore match at WrestleMania 22 the first minute I watched and this was the best hardcore match I'd ever seen in terms of story build up grand stage show stealer etc Strange match for number one, I know, but Nostalgia, my favourite wrestler, made this my favourite match. Honourable mentions um, to Edge vs Cena in a TLC match and Unforgiven uh, 2006, Jericho vs Mysterio at Extreme Rules 2009, Rhodes vs Mysterio at WrestleMania 27, love that match, Shawn Michaels vs John Cena in the UK in 2007, the match lasted 60 minutes, that's the one I was talking about earlier on. Uh, I seem to get the ones that all have a lot of text. <laughs> With my top five, I tried to pick matches uh, I had seen whilst I'd, uh, whilst I'd been a fan rather than just wrestling matches such as Savage vs. Steamboat, where I wasn't a fan at the time. So this is more top five matches the past seven years rather than all time. Love the show, been listening to Operation Retroshock since episode one. Oh, thank you. Now WrestleStock is becoming a regular thing. It's getting even better. Would love to hear a show dedicated to tag teams, past and present. Oh, <laughs> top 10 gimmicks of all time, top pay-per-views of all time, best WWE DVDs produced. Sorry the email's probably worded badly. Just been writing this quickly so I could have missed some good matches out, but that's just off the top of my head. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, James, for that there. Um, uh, 
should we tell them now, Mike, what we're going to have on the next podcast then? I'll let you unveil that. Um, WWE.com recently, over the last week or two, came out with a list of their top 50 uh, tag teams of all time. And what we thought we would do is maybe get everybody's input on what their top five tag teams were. Oh, you should have said 50 for a laugh. <laughs> five zero. I was waiting to go 5-0, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, carry on. Maybe we'll get uh, everybody's input on what their top five uh, tag teams were of all time, and we'll compare that to what the WWE decided on their behalf was their top uh, their top ten and top five of all time, and see how, uh, how they compare. Yeah. Um... What we may do, uh, Mike and I will probably look at the list and then just say what ones we thought would have been higher, you know, up the list. You know, like I looked at the link whenever Mike saw it, um, sent it to me, and number 50 was like the Bushwhackers, and like, oh my goodness, they're even on the list, really? You know, so I'm interested to see if like Legion of Doom are number one. I haven't got that far yet, so what I'll probably do is, what I would advise everyone else to do is do your list first. And then if you want to, you know, go and have a look at WWE.com. There may be a tag team that you forgot about or whatever. And uh, then come back. Um, it has to be a tag team that's had, you know, a couple of matches. You know, like, so you could pick, like, Edge and Rey Mysterio or Edge and Hulk Hogan, say, because they had a couple of matches. We're not counting the likes of, say, Kane and Cody Rhodes or something like that, um, you know, that have had maybe one or two matches. Um, if there if there is a tag team and you know of several matches that they've had, feel free to add it in so we can't say, no, that's null and void. Um, should we say, Mike, that they have to appear in at least three pay-per-views? Would that be fair enough? Uh, see, that that that's kind of hard because we've had... We've we've had teams kind of not necessarily appear on pay per view. You know, they they may have tagged up for you know a, a little bit of a stretch, but not actually appeared on pay per view. Just um, not just a, a I guess we'd just say just not flash in the pan, uh, thrown together yeah. for you know a, a couple of matches. You know, maybe uh, guys that you would consider a bit of a had a chance to establish themselves a bit as a team. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so yeah, so that's your homework then, and we'll update you on Twitter and stuff um, whenever uh, this podcast goes out. And then if you're listening, feel free to send them in to vinto316 at gmail.com or Mike's address, which is mikelacy91 at yahoo.com. Okay, see the way we've got numbers in there and stuff. <laughs> okay, on with the next list. All right, next list is Rob Bass's list. Boo! <laughs> Ew! Hiss! Number five, Sabu versus Terry Funk. This is the uh, the death match we were talking about earlier. Uh, number five is not so much a wrestling match, but a life-changing event. Terry Funk versus Sabu may not be the most technical match in the annuals of wrestling, yet it shaped the face of the 90s extreme movement. After this match, wrestling, as we once knew it, became gritty and it felt real and showed that old-school tacticians can still give you a fight. Number four, Christian Cage wins the TNA heavyweight title. After a fan- first time, sorry, this is the first time we've seen TNA on anyone's list at all. I think that tells you a little something. <laughs> 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 and, and well, you know, TNA might be on this later on. We might have Trish Stratus on here somewhere, <laughs> some kind of a divas match. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after a fantastic feud with Chris Jericho and John Cena at, Re- at Vengeance 2005. Christian was headed for his first WWE title run. That unfortunately didn't happen, and the rug was pulled 
and Christian was shipped to SmackDown. Christian doesn't resign and joins TNA. This would be their first real acquisition and has showed that Christian Cage can wrestle anywhere against any wrestler and that his heavyweight material, that he is heavyweight material winning the NWA title. This would hopefully be a step to... Wow, I can't read today. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Rob. This would hopefully be the step to a future WWE championship run. But as fate, a.k.a. Vince McMahon, would have it say, let's bring him back in the ECW title and then piss away the rest of this push. Thanks, Benny Mac. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, Undertaker versus Hulk Hogan in Survivor Series 1991. Many things can be said about The Undertaker. But one thing is for sure, he made an impact on professional wrestling. His debut at SummerSlam changed the future atmosphere of professional wrestling. Yes, I said it. Without Taker, WWE wouldn't have survived the early days of the Monday Night Wars. But if there was ever one moment in time, that moment that started it all was Taker pinning Hulk Hogan. Even with Flair interfering, you can see the audience slowly changing and cheering for Taker. Hulk Hogan, by 1991, had started leaving a bad taste in the mouths of fans who were now becoming angry, bitter teenagers. They want to change... And the demonic dead man was their first taste of a new life and a new way of thinking about gimmick wrestlers. Side note, Undertaker is, to me, the greatest wrestler of all time and should be number one on all lists. And uh, his debut was at Survivor Series, Mike, not SummerSlam, in case we get angry emails about that. I thought I said Survivor Series. I'm sorry. No, he said SummerSlam. Yes, he was you a... don't know what you're saying today. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. He was, he, was the, uh, he was the mystery participant in the Million Dollar Team. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> number <laughs> Number two, Sam Punk versus John Cena at Money in the Bank 2011. Believe it or not, John Cena has had two very good matches in his history <laughs> as a WWE superstar wrestler. That's a good point. He's had two very good <laughs> matches in his, like, I don't know, seven years, nine years, however long it's been. The first was his match against RVD for the WWE title at Extreme Rules, and the second was his match against Sam Punk, proving that Sam Punk is the best worker in the world. The match had so much fanfare build up and a and a final and a fin, and a finale payoff, not seen well almost ever in wrestling. It, it really was the summer. Wow, I'm I'm sorry, Rob. I could not read today. <laughs> I think it means it really was the summer. No, the season of punk. That must be it. And it'll go down as the day wrestling was resurrected. And number one was Taz versus Triple H, one of the most underrated matches of all time. Not only is this one of my all-time favorite matches, but Taz came on strong and never quit. Rumors later came out that Vince regretted Taz losing the match, and I agree. Triple H had nothing to lose by jobbing to, by jobbing to Taz, and it only would have helped promote Taz as a WWE all-time great. But that wasn't the case, and in the end, we get Jerry the King of Memphis Lawler injuring Taz's neck and costing him a great WWE career. So, uh, what do you think of all that, Mike? You know, uh, reading it all so eloquently. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good to see The Undertaker versus uh, Hulk Hogan at um, Survivor Series there. Um, again, it's a match that I've only seen bits and bobs of. I, I mean, I, I think The Undertaker's great, but seeing him in the... Uh, I can't really watch his older stuff because there just all seems to be a lot of chokeholds and that kind of stuff. Um, I like his... You know, for, as he progresses on a bit more, um, but you know, it's probably a match I'll go watch again because I'm a big Hogan fan. So it, it's just the guy who dresses Hogan in the front row, and <laughs> Hogan loses, and you just see the look of oh on his face. Quite like it. Well, I, I I agree. This is really the first match that that 
Hulk Hogan was physically dominated. Where yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah, he had lost before. He lost Ultimate Warrior in the title versus title and 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 all that kind of thing. Um, but this really was the first time when he was, you know, for lack of a better term, the the giant killer with the whole Andre uh, WrestleMania three kind of thing. This was really where you had uh, you had the Undertaker, and he had you know a gimmick or persona that no one had ever really seen before. You know, he was, you know, a, a scary guy, especially for young kids. You know, the, all, all the young Hulkamaniacs. This was really the first threat that, that I can remember where you're like, oh, my God, you know, this guy's really going to, you know, re- really is going to take out Hulk Hogan. And he did. Mm-hmm. So I, I completely agree with that. I, I I can't agree more with what Rob says about Taz. Um, Taz was extremely underused and, and and not utilized the right way in in WWE um he, he was the human suplex machine the, and I don't understand they, they didn't use it as much as as they could have um they they used it a lot you know with with, with Kurt Angle and as well with Captain Planet um but ta- <laughs> but Taz really for the most part he was the suplex guy nobody did it like him yeah, know, the the Taz mission, um, the the Taz mission chokehold really, the way it was done in in ECW, if they had done it that way, and, and kind of used the the gimmick that he had there, um, if they had used the FTW gimmick, they they really they really had something special in Taz, and at first you thought that they were going to do something with him, you know, having him go over Kurt Angle. In, in his first match and having that be Kurt Angle's first loss, you know, being a big uh, ECW guy myself, when I saw that, I was really, really pumped and really thought that there were going to be big things in store for Taz and they just, they dropped the ball. They dropped the ball with it and, and then he got injured and, you know, now he's a joke in TNA. Yeah, true. Very true. Um, yeah, I mean, I like Taz, you know, Taz seemed to have a bit of flair about him, whereas whenever Scott Steiner came into the WWE, he did a lot of suplexes, but he seemed to be a one-trick pony, whereas with Taz, he could kind of hit you from anywhere. Um, I think Taz was... Taz, like JBL, was a good wrestler and then became a better commentator, and then, unfortunately, they left. You know, like, Taz just... He should just go away from TNA. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Next list is from Haley Stewart, who we'd have heard on... um, the last episode and uh, thank you to everyone who sent in uh, kind emails or messages um, about Haley's interview and stuff uh, I know Haley was personally delighted about that especially one from Sween Halleck who said whenever he listened to it um, it kind of made him want to go to Wrestlemania after hearing Haley's uh, comments so, do it Sween do it yeah so Haley writes hey Chris sorry no nothing for you Mike uh, here's my top 5 WWE matches remember I'm still a newbie when it comes to WWE a lot of catching up still to do so number 5 is CM Punk versus Chris Jericho Wrestlemania 28 this match was full of submission wrestling and a lot of amazing mo- moments I'm getting about as you I thought it was an <laughs> awesome match that got overshadowed by the Hell in a Cell match before it uh, number four is Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect at Sham, uh, SummerSlam 1991 for the Intercontinental title. Number three, first time on anyone's list, Triple H versus Shawn Michaels, three stages of a hell match at Armageddon 2002. 
Number two, Bret Hart versus Owen Hart at WrestleMania 10. Uh, the dispute between these two brothers was legendary, and though I did favor, favor Bret in this match, I couldn't help but cheer Owen on slightly as he stepped out of the shadow of his brother. This match has a lot of great moves, great submission, submission wrestling, and a great story to it, and will always be my favorite match at WrestleMania 10. That's whenever Owen Hart says to Bret that he kicked his leg out of his <laughs> leg. <laughs> Number one uh, is Macho Man Randy Savage vs Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania 7. This definitely has to be one of my top matches. I remember watching this for the first time in my WrestleMania anthology set when I got it. And although I wasn't the biggest Ultimate Warrior fan, I thought these two had an amazing match. And I loved it when Sherry kept interfering. The match had some great spots that really played to the story and made the crowd come alive. The match made me laugh shout and nearly punch the TV and sigh. I even find tears in my eyes at the end when Macho hugged Elizabeth. Uh, which is true. And Healy writes, Honourable mentions, Macho Man vs Ricky Steamboat WrestleMania 3, Taker vs Triple H, Hell in a Cell WrestleMania 28 because you know, because you wouldn't let me choose it. And number 3, Alicia Fox vs Melina. Just kidding. Haha. Because <laughs> <laughs> I remember everyone just saying that was the worst match in the history of mankind. Uh, not McFoley Mankind, because that's just even worse. But uh, just the history of Everness. Um, but that's a really, really good pick, Healy, at number one. Um, it's one of my favourite Ultimate Warrior matches. There isn't a lot of Ultimate Warrior matches that um, I do particularly like. Um, I know that Hulk Hogan said that, you know, the reason why I had a good match is because Randy Savage was very... Um, very committal uh, with all his matches, you know, like he would go over them again and again and again and again until they got everything right, so that's probably why, you know, he had such a good match with him, but it's just the amount of elbow drops off the top and stuff, it's just a great, great match. Uh, any standout for you there, Mike? Uh, Brett and Owen from WrestleMania 10. Um, I, I love that match. Just uh, brother versus brother, uh, you know, um, it's just such a great angle. It's such a great angle seeing, you know, Owen, the younger brother, trying to live up to his older brother's uh, all of his uh, accolades and accomplishments, and the way that they worked that into the angle, uh, I think was really, really good. Um, and uh, Owen Hart, another one that left us far before his time. Mm-hmm. Very, very true. Yeah. Good choices there, Hilly. Well done. Next, we have Superfan Ben with a lot of reading again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> God, I don't get this one. <laughs> let's, ho- let's hope I don't butcher this one like I did Rob's. Oh, that's all right. It's only Ben anyway. He's probably got like uh, lots of interesting trivia beside all his matches. Does he? Nobody does. <laughs> Number five, Royal Rumble match. The 1992 Royal Rumble match. The who's who of why I'm a wrestling fan was in this match. So many Hall of Famers, plus the epic end where Ric Flair becomes a champion. <gasps> Bam! Spoilers! God. It's a spoiler-free episode. 20 years ago, More. people may not have watched it. What are you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> Number four, The Rock and Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the NWO from Raw. March 11th, 2002. It's a shame we never got a Stone Cold versus Hulk Hogan match, but this is the closest we ever got. Plus, Hulk Hogan gets a clean pin over the rock with the leg drop. Number three, Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, champion versus champion matches, Survivor Series 1992. Growing up in the Hogan era, it was, hard, it was a hard sell for me to see the smaller wrestlers becoming major champions. This match got me over that. It is, in my opinion, the greatest Hart Michaels match ever. 
Is it not the one that he got screwed at the title? No, that was 97. All oh, right, okay. I was going to say. <laughs> no, that's not... say, why do you like this match? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the screw job match. Uh, number two, Austin versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. It was my only time being at a WrestleMania, and 13 is always in the conversation as one of the worst ever, but this match was unreal to be there for. This really started Austin in his, in his main event status. Lucky bugger. Got to go to WrestleMania 13. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Unlucky for some because it was p- pants apart from that match. <laughs> and number one, Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant in the Steel Cage WrestleFest 1998 in Milwaukee County Stadium. This was the only time they ever wrestled in a cage and the only time I ever saw Andre in person. And my first time seeing Hulk Hogan. The match had this epic finish where Andre climbed the cage looking like King Kong when Hogan hit him in the back with, a bre- with the brass knuckles and Andre fell and got tangled in the ropes, which led Hogan to escape the cage. WWE finally put this out last year in their greatest steel, mat- steel cage matches DVD. It's funny that no camera angle shows the outfield of Milwaukee County Stadium because it's completely full of movie props for Charlie Sheen's Major League movie that was being filmed there at the time. See? Interesting trivia. I wonder uh, if Charlie was winning there. I'm by winning. <laughs> yeah, probably probably uh, sold tiger blood at the concession stands. <laughs> and Ben has a couple of honorable mentions. It was uh, Savage versus Steamboat at WrestleMania three, Austin versus Triple H three stages of Hell match from No Way Out two thousand and one, and Brock Lesnar versus The Undertaker Hell in the Cell at No Way Out two thousand and two. Oh, that's a good pick. Uh, before he goes around mutilating everyone. Breaking their arms and stuff. Uh, <laughs> I love the 1992 match. Uh, it's on Rick, the Ultimate Ric Flair collection, the full match. Um, that uh, it's, a, it's just a great match, and there's so many. You know, like it's as Ben says, it's a who's who of wrestling. You know, like so many great names in it. Whereas you look at last year's, you know, this year's Royal Rumble, and it's just like it's just full of jokes, and you're like, oh, this is terrible. You know, it seems to be the last two Royal Rumbles haven't been a patch of what they normally are. Uh, but the 1992, what, 1992 and 2001 would probably be my favourite Royal Rumble matches. Any there, um, you're a particular super fan of, Mike? <laughs> 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 uh, any Michaels and Bret Hart match, in my opinion, it could go anywhere on any one of these lists. They, they always put on a great show. Um, even if they hate each other, they they can work well together and and put on a five star match probably in their sleep. Um, I I do like the fact that that Ben put on here a, a match that not many people have seen, but it was the fact that he was there in person. Um, yeah. You know that 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 always is one that will ring true in 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 your mind. Um, and as I'm sure that that Haley can testify to, and and she said during the during the interview you had with her. Just the, the the simple fact of being there really kind of puts things over the top, and, and really mm-hmm. cements things in your in in your memory. Just not just the match, but the whole ambiance of being there and being able to feel the crowd, and you know, it's a it's a lot different than seeing it on the screen because you can't really feel the crowd. So I I like the fact that he that he uh, took the personal route. Thumbs up, yeah. Ben. Yeah, well done. Okay, so we'll move on to Ryan Porter, a good friend from Pop Culture Network. Um, if you're a fan of comics, make sure you check out the Comics Corner, um, which you can also find on YouTube as well. Uh, always good fun listening to Ryan talk about comics. Uh, I know nothing about comics, so Ryan is my uh, 
comic guru, um, so to speak, and uh, gives me a lot of advice and stuff with what issues I should buy and stuff. Um, so Ryan will be appearing with Mike uh, on a RetroShock episode you'll be listening to soon, uh, which uh, is to do with comic book related items, and I'm not saying any more. Um, so Ryan writes, hey Mike and Chris, uh, I'm happy to chime in with my two cents of my five personal f- favourite matches of all time. Number five, Harlem Heat versus the Steiner Brothers from WCW Thunder circa 1999. I can hear you two and everyone listening laughing already. Uh, we've had <laughs> kennel, you know, we've had the kennel match, so believe me, I'm not laughing. But despite being a tremendous fan of wrestling, since I was a kid, this was my first live event. Booker T was the WCW champion at the time. And both teams, Harlem Heat and the Steiner brothers, were lost to history. But during the show, a story developed, all leading to the reunion of the two teams and a very exciting main event for my brother and I, since my brother was a huge fan of the Steiners, as they both wrestled for the University of Michigan and Booker T was one of my favourite wrestlers, who we got to meet after the match. This match creates a greater emotional response than any other on the list, but at the end of the day, I couldn't put it any higher than fifth because, let's face it, it wasn't that great of a match. But again, like Mike or like Mike was saying, you know, Ben's put number one a match that he was at, so we can understand where you're coming from, Ryan. And obviously, as Mike was saying, you know, you're getting personally involved, being there, and you know everything's unfolding in front of you, and you're not, you know, reading it on Twitter or Facebook or anything, and it's all unfolding and just. I'm sure it was great to be there. Uh, number four, The Rock versus Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 18. Icon versus Icon, Era versus Era. The match that no one ever expected to see. A match that created an insane amount of hype and somehow still managed to deliver when all was said and done. A class of personalities and eras that will never be outdone. What? WrestleMania 23? 28? 28. 28, sorry. 28. Um, you know, so that's kind of saying about the rock and cena match uh edge and christian versus the hardy boys versus dudley boys tables ladders and chair match at wrestlemania 17 is ryan's number three pick certainly i don't need to explain this pick the pinnacle of the ultimate era in tag team wrestling three great teams and three terrific gimmicks that collided into one of the most exciting spot filled matches ever Number two is RVD versus Jeff Hardy, ladder match to unify the drugs, uh, sorry, the <laughs> European and Intercontinental Championships of Raw Summer of 2002. Is this is this match better than the TLC match listed at number three? No. Then why is it higher on the list? Because I wasn't at the TLC match, that's why. My first and only Raw featured plenty of memorable moments from the debut of 3 Minute Warning, remember that rubbish, to the Rock Eddie Guerrero main event, to the 7 second reunion of DX. But the moment that stays fresh in my memory is an insane ladder match between the two once dynamic superstars. Being in attendance for this match made it all the more special and exciting. Um, I can testify to that. I've been at Raw's where there's been loads of rubbish going on, and then I was meant to see Ric Flair and Roddy Piper defend the belts against Rated RKO, and uh, this was whenever Piper was diagnosed for with cancer, so it was actually taken out with some chair shots before the match started, cut it off, and then um, those two became the tag team champions. So I actually got to see. A new tag team champion and new intercontinental championship and Jeff Hardy as well. 
So, sorry, sidetracking aside, <laughs> Ryan's number one pick is the same as Haley's. The match with King Randy Savage versus Ultimate Warrior career match at WrestleMania 7. I saw this match um, on TV at a friend's house and loved everything about it. A few years later, I found a VHS copy at a flea market and will watch this match over and over and over again. There's nothing about this match that I don't absolutely love, from the entrances and costumes worn by each wrestler to the unexpected finish and the reunion of Savage and Miss Elizabeth. Oh, yeah! My nine-year-old self, and to this day my 30-year-old self, stop <laughs> kidding yourself, I thought you were at least 45, oh. still can't believe that, dealt, that the warrior kicked out of Macho Man's dropped seven straight elbows from the top rope. Seriously, who kicks out after that? A colossal clash between two of my all-time favourites and always at the top of my favourite matches. Uh, there it is, gents, my top five favourite matches of all time. Thanks for providing the topic that took me down memory lane and looking forward to your favourite matches as well as the others. So, yeah, some great matches there. Um, obviously, there was two matches that he's picked for sentimental reasons, um, which I could totally understand and totally get. Um, unfortunately, I've been at one Raw and one SmackDown, and there wasn't any matches there that I could put on my list. Uh, no, no matches really featuring Chris Masters, the masterpiece. <laughs> and D- DX weren't even wrestling. I did get to see them together, which was neat, but... Um, just great pick at number one there uh, Ryan and obviously the Rock Hogan match as well uh, what about yourself Mike? yeah the Rock Hogan match and especially for the way Ryan put it for the amount of hype and build up that went into that match there was a really real possibility that they could have dropped the ball with that and they didn't the fact that the match lived up to the enormous hype you know you had you know the, the most iconic wrestler of the 80s versus the most iconic wrestler of the 90s you know slash early 2000s and for for guys like like us that kind of bridged both gaps um it was kind of one where you were torn you know because i i myself was a big hogan fan as well as a big rock fan and you know when you're watching the pay-per-view you kind of want to have a bit of a rooting interest and it was one where you kind of had to you know, kind of, uh, you know, wrestle with yourself, quote unquote, to, to decide, <laughs> you know, who, who do I want to win this match? And the fact of the matter was, it didn't matter because they really lived up and, and put on a five star match. Oh, that's another good pun. It didn't matter. It uh, didn't matter who won that match. It did. <laughs> it did. Um, I've always been a huge Hogan fan. I wanted Hogan to win, but even though the way that they did. You know the Hogan losing. I I'm a real sucker for like you know whenever the the match is over and say you know there's a handshake or yes. you know something like that. There I always really really enjoy that and it's always a case of you know I always want to see the wrestlers you know shake hands after a match you know like if it's been a really grueling match or something like that. So yeah, to- totally agree there. All right. Next list we have is from Mike Tracy. Yes, Mike Tracy, not Mike Lacey. Mike Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> is, he, is he from Thunderbirds or <laughs> um, for them all being Tracy's? Uh, no, actually, we, uh, we we grew up together. We were actually best friends in high school. So uh, M- Mike Lacey and Mike Tracy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Lacey Tracy. And and we actually lived around. We actually lived around the corner from each other too. So uh, there's. <laughs> what was it like Spacey Street or something Lacey Tracy Spacey Street <laughs> well we had another friend named Mike Beduzia and we were all three Mikes and we were the Lacey Tracy and Macy click 
That's brilliant. <laughs> Did you just go and be best friends with these people because of their surnames? Because <laughs> you can't do that with women because whenever they get married, they change their surnames, so you can't do that. <laughs> so he uh, he actually has uh, listened to the uh, the last couple of uh, Retro Shocks and decided to send in a list. So thanks, Mike. I greatly appreciate that. So yes. it says, uh, he goes on to say, so it's impossible to pick only five, and I had trouble separating best from favorite. So I just settled on picking the top five that had an impact on why I love wrestling. So number five was Razor Ramon versus The Kid, the one, two, three kid from Raw. Raw was so excited back then, and I never thought that a jobber would beat Ramon, who I really loved. Plus, I had seen The Lightning Kid three times at the Monster Factory not too long before this and loved him. This match signaled to me that things were changing and that the boring predictability of these jobber matches were coming to an end, for the most part. I settled on those, although I could easily name 20 more. I couldn't include any Punk, Jericho, Mysterio, Stone Cold, or Michaels. Crazy, but I had to go with an impact on my fandom. Number four was Flair versus Sting. Flair is my favorite of all time, and I could have gone one through five with his matches. But I'll say that this match, because, it re- because I really love Sting for whatever reason. Number three, Savage versus Steamboat, WrestleMania three. Two of my all-time faves in the perfect match that made the Intercontinental title worth a damn. Oh, here, here. <laughs> uh, number two, uh, Yushin Thunder Liger versus the Ultimate Dragon. Uh, Japan Super Show 3. I'm a big fan of high flyers who are crisp technicians and love the pageantry of this, mat- of this match. Also love Liger. And number one, Taker versus Mankind, King of the Ring. Obviously because of the two bumps that Foley took that I never thought I'd see. I love Ultimate Ultimate Dragon or Ultimate Dragon because he uh, can come to the ring and not fall on his face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's the first time we've actually seen Sting on the list. I'm surprised we didn't get Ryan's um, with Sting because uh, he's a huge Sting fan. But um, yeah, it's a a good list. Number five's very strange you know like uh obviously we don't really see jobbers these days apart from ryback really you know unless it's like a superstar you're not really um they're pushing but they're not really because they're just putting them against you know no hopers from that time and it's just like eh, weird and it was such it was such a surprise uh, yeah you, you know when when sean waltman you know as the one two three uh or as the kid at the time and then he got the one two three kid moniker because of that match you know the simple fact that he actually got a name because because of that match he actually created a gimmick off of that match kind of yeah. kind of shows that you know it was su- how much of a surprise it was you know mm-hmm. we're still talking about the days of you know superstars and where a lot of matches were squash matches at the time and whatnot. Yeah. So in, in order, you know, to actually see, you know, Razor Ramon, who, you know, was a tighter holder in, in that area, um, uh, you know, really one of the top names in the business, lose to a jobber, you know, that really is a match that, you know, you, that you remember and sticks in your mind a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was weird because today I was watching WWE Vintage and they had a Razor Ramon and the One Two Three Kid versus the Quebecers, uh, for the tag team titles. Uh, they didn't win because Shawn Michaels interfered. <laughs> so he did. Um, so that was kind of weird. <clears throat> okay, so our last list before Mike and I do our list is from Mark. Uh, Bodoroff. B- 
butter off. Okay, thanks for that, Mike. Uh, number five is the NWA Great American Bash '87 War Games match: the Four Horsemen versus the Road Warriors, Dusty Rhodes, and Nikita Koloff. Number four, Taz versus Sabu, barely legal '97. Number three, Larry Zabisco versus Bruno Sammartino, 1980. <clears throat> number two, TLC one, SummerSlam 2000. And number one is Undertaker vs Mankind, Hell in a Cell, King of the Ring, 98. I think it's safe to say, before we probably go on to our matches, that even though I'm not a McFoley fan, that that would probably be at the top of people's list more than any other match. Um, it would probably be that and the Savage... Savage, Savage, Savage Steamboat Sa- or Savage Warrior, since that's been on it twice. So, you know, they seem to be the top top five of the top five you've sent in. And Rock Hogan, probably, as well. So, we'll go on with our matches. Uh, so, what we'll do is I'll read my number five and read Michael read his. And then, if there's. Do you have any honorable mentions, Mike? <laughs> yes, actually, my, my honorable mention was Undertaker versus Mankind, King of the Ring 98. Okay. Uh, how many do you have? I have five. Okay, well, I have four. Ooh. So I'll think of one to slide in there so we could do another one. Um, okay, so my number five match is Macho Man versus Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania 7. Um, mine is Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior, WrestleMania 6. Okay. Uh, number four, Shawn Michaels versus Triple H from uh, SummerSlam 2002. Mine was TLC1, the Hardys and Dudleys and Edge and Christian from SummerSlam 2000. Cool. Uh, number three is Jericho versus HBK from WrestleMania 19. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat versus Randy Macho Man Savage, WrestleMania 3. Uh, I was just thinking of my other match. Uh, where did I get? I had not, uh, number three, yes. Number two, Austin versus The Rock, WrestleMania 17. Uh, for me, Jerry Lynn versus RVD, Hardcore Heaven, 1999. Okay, and my number one pick is The Rock versus Hollywood Hulk Hogan for WrestleMania 18. And my number one was Bret the Hitman Hart versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, WrestleMania 13. Ooh. Okay, and uh, my uh, honorary mentions, my first match would be The Undertaker match versus uh, HBK from WrestleMania 25. Oh, that was my only honorable mention. I... Oh, that's why I said, how many do you have? Okay. Uh, uh, my other one then would be Brock Lesnar versus Eddie Guerrero from No Way Out 2004. Shawn Michaels versus Rick, Fel- Rick Flair from WrestleMania 24. Ricky Steamboat versus Chris Jericho from Backlash. Uh, I can't remember which uh, WrestleMania it was. It was probably uh, for Backlash. Um, it was after WrestleMania 25. And Undertaker versus Kurt Angle from No Way Out 2006. So that concludes that. Um, so yeah, that's uh, a lot. Again, um, Mike and I have been overwhelmed and really, really surprised and very, very happy with all the contributions of people sending in. Uh, please, please, please continue to do that. Um, all the people that have sent me an email, I will send you an email probably to do with your top five um, tag teams of all time. And um, you can get that And If you want to pick a top yeah, you could even have your top five tag teams and your top tag team match of all time, very much like Paul York did at number one, uh, including like four tag teams on each side. Um, but yeah, that was a lot of fun, wasn't it, Mike? Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Just to reiterate what Chris said, 
to have the outpouring of participation that we've had is just absolutely amazing. And thank you all so much for, for being involved and being a part of the show. It, it makes it so much more fun to, to see yeah. what, what, you know, it, it's easy for us to, to sit up here and give us, you know, give our own top fives, but it, it's so much more interesting to see what all of you think as well and what your top fives are too. So thank you very much. Mm-hmm. True. Um, as I've said on WrestleShock, that if um, WrestleShock reviews, that if you would like to have any WrestleShock dedicated to yourself or any reviews dedicated to yourself, you can head over to OperationRetroShock.Podbean.com. There is a PayPal button there to donate. Um, if you want to send me an email, then at vento three one six at gmail.com. Just to let me know you've donated there and. <clears throat> what you would like to see covered, Mike and I will certainly do that. Or if you want to see Alan and I cover something on RetroShock for you, <clears throat> we can certainly do that. Uh, this is to try and help our WrestleMania fund and stuff. And obviously, podcast isn't free to do. It kind of helps us tick over that way too. Um, so if we know something about whether it be a year in wrestling, like or whether it be a certain pay per view, if you want us to talk about the rest or like Royal Rumble 1992 or 2001 or whatever uh, you can certainly do that and we will certainly uh, do our best to accommodate your needs and make sure that podcast is dedicated to you um, I'd also like to thank the um, great team at WWE DVD News they're our sponsors um, I have been in touch with another sponsor um, to see if they could <coughs> sponsor the show and maybe do a giveaway and stuff so um, looking forward to hearing back from them and seeing where we can go from them but if you want to check out the WWE DVD news um, they are on Twitter it's at WWE DVD news and their link to the website will also be in the description as well so um, thanks very much Mike for hopping on it's always great to sit down and talk to you about anything really oh, yeah, ton of fun. Um, yeah um, just if you have anything sir you would like to promote feel free to do so well, all you WWE fans, if you're also a fan of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, take a listen to our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast called What the Shell. Um, it involves myself uh, and Chris Bent and our good friends Dylan Cook and Sween Halleck. Um, we've interviewed Townsend Coleman, the original voice of Michelangelo, which was a really, really fun time. Uh, we have a lot of good things in store, uh, things lined up that we're getting ready to do. So take a listen to that. You can also follow that show on Twitter at at TMNT Shell. We also have a Facebook page. It's www.facebook.com forward slash TMNT Classics. And you can follow myself personally at MLacy91. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, so just a very, 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 very appreciative of everyone who sent in a. Um, uh, top five. Uh, very disappointed in some people who are wrestlers, Pixel Dan, and didn't send in a list, even though they were told to by Mike. Um, <laughs> obviously, we are just not good enough for you. I don't know. So you know, you know, I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, just thanks to everyone who sent anything in. <clears throat> As we said, you know, like the likes of James Shaw, give us a couple of ideas. If there's any ideas you'd like to see covered, uh, just hit the donate button and we'll certainly do that for you so just thanks very much for everyone if you want to follow me on twitter or get in touch uh, at vinto316 or email is vinto316 at gmail.com uh, thanks very much for listening and until the next podcast what makes a great
from the NWA, AWA, WCW, and WWE. of enthralling matches and in-depth profiles showcasing the finest tag team duos of all time. I can't believe what I'm seeing! Marvel at the Risk Takers, the Innovators, and Amazing Entertainers. Who do you think you know me? Who do you think you know me? That revolutionized 